Hello there and welcome to the third Commercial Awareness with Watson's Daily Podcast with me, Peter Watson. Uh, In today's edition of the Watson's Daily Podcast, I'm going to talk about three things. Markets, the coronavirus and oil. Cue the music. Well, what can I say? This week has been carnage of the highest order on world markets and the US stock market itself fell by around 10% yesterday in its worst day since the crash of 1987, despite recent interest rate cuts by America's central bank, a promise to prop up the lending markets and the ECB announcement yesterday of emergency stimulus measures. I cannot overstate this enough. This is the worst day I can remember on the stock markets and it was sparked by President Trump's decision to ban Europeans travelling to the US. The market stopped trading for the second time this week via the so-called circuit breaker mechanism that was instigated after the 1987 crash to stop uncontrollable selling. What this does is that it suspends trading for 15 minutes when the uh, markets fall by more than 7% in one day to allow market participants to calm down and catch up with buy and sell orders. It hardly ever happens. The last time it did was in 1997. That's when I started as a stockbroker in the city. And now it's happened twice in one week. In coronavirus developments this week, countries continue to plunge into various states of lockdown. Italy went into total lockdown and many countries have been closing schools, universities and government buildings. According to research by the FT, over 40% of EU residents are now under some kind of restriction of movement, with new announcements being made in Ireland, Spain, Poland and the Czech Republic yesterday. Um... It seems that the Chinese are starting to go back to work, um, but face very strict uh, conditions in doing so, given that they don't want another outbreak, as that would bring them back to square one. There's a particularly scary article that I refer to in Wednesday's edition of Watson's Daily, which shows the reality of what this is like and something that could potentially happen over here if things get worse. Now, many industries look like they are taking potentially terminal hits as cancellations rack up for airlines, hotels and cruises. Car makers, electronics manufacturers and chemicals companies are all facing problems as well because their supply chains have been severely disrupted. However, I think that there are some real dangers for companies that have a lot of debt. So giants like um, uh, General Motors, Ford, uh, as well as... um, the uh, department stores Nordstrom and Coles have loads of debt and British retail landlord Into is now facing failure as its huge debt situation is being made worse by the falling value of its properties. At the smaller end of the scale, a regional managing partner of UK restructuring specialist Begbie's trainer estimated that 490,000 UK companies were already looking vulnerable before the coronavirus and uh, well before the coronavirus itself, and that the outbreak could end up doubling the number of corporate insolvencies. On the other hand, I've been trying to think about which companies and industries may benefit from the coronavirus outbreak. Now, I would have thought that anything to do with food delivery could do well in the coming weeks when more people are stuck in their homes. But in order to do this and sustain any benefit, delivery companies will have to take measures, I would have thought anyway, to ensure the health of their workers, which may potentially raise costs. 
Uh, I saw um, an article about Pizza Hut in Japan, which provides a zero contact delivery service whereby the deliverer places the pizza next to the door. And there's an even more complicated option offered by Domino's. Um, other than that, mobile gaming companies have already done quite well as downloads have increased from those marooned in their homes. And I wonder whether the likes of HelloFresh, which is owned by Rocket Internet, and supermarkets will benefit longer term as people may effectively be more inclined to try out their services initially and then actually get used to it and think, well, it's quite good, I'll carry on doing it. Um Anything to do with working from um, from home should also do well, and I would have thought that companies such as Slack and Zoom will see a decent uptick in business. Sales of laptops should also increase, um, again, as people um, work from home. But um, as many of these laptops are made in China, there could be a bottleneck of supply until things normalise over there. This could mean better sales for computer sellers and maybe the likes of Dell who have more specific exposure to laptops rather than electrical stores. Okay, so the third thing I wanted to talk about today was oil. Um, you will recall that last week there was a meeting between OPEC and Russia. That meeting went badly. Um, what was going to happen originally was that OPEC was going to OPEC members had agreed to cut production in order to stabilise the oil price, but Russia didn't go along with it. So what ended up happening this week is Saudi Arabia went out of the gates very aggressively, uh, and they basically said people can produce as much as they want. They went even further during the week by actually saying that they were going to go to maximum production. So an absolute nightmare. The oil prices weakened, and um, I think that there are three main reasons why they did this. Firstly, they want to punish the Russians. Um, so obviously, they were not uh, they were not very pleased that the Russians decided not to agree with them. Um, the, they also know that Putin is under a lot of pressure at the moment because his um, approval ratings are very low, and he's also just. Um, uh, promised the Russian people a big e economic stimulus package, um, and that has to be financed by um, by oil revenues, and therefore, you know, he is going to find it harder. Just as a little fun fact here is that um, Saudi Arabia has some of the cheapest oil production costs in the world, and therefore they are probably able, uh, better able than the Russians to withstand weaker oil prices for longer. The second reason why I think that they're doing uh, they're doing this is that they want to get rid of competition. So, um, you they specifically U.S. shale producers. Now, U.S. shale producers, it costs them more more money to produce the oil than it does for everyone else, and therefore, um, for as far as Saudi Arabia are concerned, if they can keep the oil price low, it is going to put a lot of U.S. shale producers out of business, thus getting rid of future competition the third reason why uh, why they are doing what they're doing at the moment is to get market share so what they've actually done is they've gone out to some key clients and they have offered their oil at discount prices so all very exciting stuff i don't know what that is going to happen in in the oil price um in, in the immediate future um but uh but i do think that um it is probably going to stay lower for the time being because I, I just can't see any particular reason why the oil price would go up from here.
Anyway, I hope you find this pound. Uh, I'm <laughs> tongue tied. I hope you found this podcast useful. If you want more of this kind of stuff on a daily basis, please subscribe to the newsletter on WatsonsDaily.com. So, see you next week. Here's the music again. <laughs>